Well, hello there, and thank you for listening to the Generation One Church Podcast. Hi, this is Drew, and another special edition of me coming in kind of live, if you will. This is not a service. Uh, We do have our candlelight service uh, was the last service that we've had, and we did not have kind of a formal message. We had a presentation with the kids, a wonderful time. And so I just want to say, if you're listening to this before Christmas, Merry Christmas. If it's a few days after for you and you're catching up, I hope that the holiday season uh, has proven to be Uh, full of comfort and joy. That's what we've been talking about around here for the month of December and really understanding what is possible in this idea of comfort and joy. We opened up in in the book of Luke and just this beautiful story of the angel coming to the shepherd saying, I bring you good news of great joy and breaking down this idea that joy, the root word of this is actually the same word we get grace from. And, you know, God wants to do something for you that you could never do for yourself. And I love understanding grace as this. Um, First of all, you kind of draw some parallels to some other things that it's not, you know, uh, judgment is getting what you do deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, and grace is getting what you would never deserve. And so there's just something amazing about the joy of the Lord being our strength. And so we've talked about this strength, we've talked about generosity and uh, what's possible in that as we really just defeat uh, the tactics of the enemy through our generosity and uh, the grace that God wants to bring uh, over us through that. And so Today, I would just love to talk to you about comfort, and I've, I've been really impacted by three major encounters in my life, and, and if you've been around me, you've heard, heard me talk about this, but uh, they were so marking, and they've been so central to who God's invited me to become and what it looks like for me to walk out my purpose uh, as it pertains to uh, the local church, and uh, the first encounter I had was... Uh, being healed of lymphoma. And the second experience I had was being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, t- kind of two o'clock in the morning in my room and kind of divinely visited. And the third experience was a prophet moving in with us and teaching us how to prophesy at the age of, at the age of 10. So uh, I learned three things. I learned, number one, that God was my provider. I learned, number two, that God was close. And I learned, number three, that God is always speaking. And I don't know that there's anything more dignifying than knowing that your Heavenly Father's engaging with you personally. And, you know, there, there is, uh, man, there, we, we've had, we have so much theology, we have so much knowledge about who God is and, and, and our belief system, and, and yet oftentimes our experience doesn't match up with the beliefs that we carry. And you know, if you've been following along in any type of Christian news or uh, social media over the last week, there's been a young uh, child that passed away, and uh, Bethel Church um, is uh, the home church of the family uh, with the daughter, and uh, her parents are a part of Bethel Music. Uh, she sings and has written many songs that we all know and love, and uh, and so as she passed. Uh, her parents uh, wanted to have faith for resurrection, rallied the community, and 
And there was just this amazing response over, you know, a series of, of five days of people just standing for resurrection. And uh, the child was, you know, in the morgue and uh, was not in a public place, but they were just believing that God could raise this child from the dead. And um, I have a dear friend, his name's Jim Baker, uh, down in Columbus, Ohio, and they actually have a documented story of someone being having the, the tag on the toe and waking up in the morgue, power of resurrection. They were standing and believing for it. And so uh, resurrection happens today. There's actually more documented resurrections right now than any other time in history. And uh, there's a powerful ministry in Mexico uh, through David Hogan. They have hundreds of documented resurrections. Uh, Heidi Baker, hundreds of documented resurrections. Uh, there's just, it's an amazing time to be alive. And uh, they did put out a um, uh, put out an update today that they are you know kind of ending this time of of what they've been going after for resurrection and and are going to begin the burial process and uh, and so it's a time of grieving obviously from the moment of death to now um, but embracing this that you know. God did not raise her from the dead can be very disappointing for people. But I think it's important for us to realize that that there, while those moments when God doesn't engage can be difficult, that there is a reality that faith was catalyzed throughout the whole body of Christ. What we just experienced over the last five to six days was, was the body of Christ being mobilized to believe for resurrection more right now than any other time in history. I've never seen Christians mobilize and lift their voice for resurrection like what I just saw. I've never seen people who've never contended for resurrection begin to believe for resurrection. And I tell you what, uh, something good is about to happen because of that. And while it doesn't rectify the tension of not seeing resurrection manifested in this circumstance, I believe faith was catalyzed to believe for resurrection uh, in a way that was that's was never going to be believed in, and so and so we all live in the tension of of big things that we're contending for, and yet what I'm seeing the Lord do is begin to engage us in small ways that's leading up to faith for big things, and in the small ways it's you know God was provider for me when I was eight years old. I had a tumor dissolve, and I've seen many tumors dissolve. I've seen God heal cancer. I've seen God do these things. And, and, and it took time to grow in that. And every time that God interacts, it just di- uh, it dignifies uh, us with value as his children. And I don't know that there's anything more comforting than the experience when you feel that God is close. Uh, I was praying on the phone with someone this morning who uh, is dealing with cancer, and we've not seen their healing get manifested yet, uh, which is always, once again, it's the tension of the now and the not yet that we're living in. And, and yet on the, on the call, on the phone, like, man, the presence of God was so thick. Like I just was so overcome by the presence of God and man, there, I could feel the power of God. I could feel hope rising. I could feel his joy actually. Uh, it was remarkable. And, and, and just knowing that God was present in that moment gives you hope for the next moment of faith. It gives you hope for the next moment to believe. It gives you hope for the next report. And it dignifies you with value because God is interacting. And so we all live in the tension of the now and the not yet of the kingdom. And and it's kind of this idea, is the kingdom fully manifested or is it in process? 
um, or is it later? And the answer is it's in process. Is the kingdom now or is it later? It's in process. And what it's in process of, it's in process of manifesting more today than it's ever been manifested before. I've seen more people healed today in the last eight years of my life than I saw in the previous you know, decades before that, all combined. And why is that? Well, there's a fresh move of God, um, but it's not just a move of God, it's a step that we're taking of us understanding how to partner with the Lord, realizing who we are, that allows us to walk in these things. And I tell you what, the, the encounter of identity, when you begin to realize who you are, what you were made for, something powerful begins to happen. And, you know, the enemy wants us to be distracted in our identity. The enemy wants us to be distracted in who God says we are, what we have access to, and his you know, the enemy's greatest desire is to see someone who has full access to the fullness of heaven and not take advantage of it. And, I, you know, I, I think the enemy's shaking in its boots right now. <laughs> I mean, millions of people were just contending for resurrection around the world in one moment, in one heart, and one voice. You want to talk about unity? I think that's unity. And so um, so the, the greatest breakthrough of comfort, I believe, is, is, is happening and is to come. There's, there's a breakthrough in comfort we're about to see like we have never seen before because God wants to provide for us. This is that first encounter I had. God wants to be provider. And, and I think us allowing the Lord to provide for us is, is, a, is equally a powerful step as realizing that God wants to. And so we have to be willing to, you know, I, I always put it like this, you know, God, God doesn't want me to heal people. He wants me to believe that he can and then give him the opportunity by inviting him into those circumstances. Now, I know God and his sovereignty can just show up and heal. He doesn't need me to do that. But God wants partnership. He's actually, I mean, that's why we're the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. There's a partnership desired here. And so God can do things outside of us, but he doesn't want to. He wants to move through us. And so when you begin to realize who you are and who you have access to, these experiences only begin to increase, and it's really remarkable. And so my encouragement to you would be, number one, is to let God be your provider. Like, what does it look like to engage the Lord, even on the simple things? I love this statement, just because something has a reason doesn't mean it has a right. You know, just because you may have not made a great deal on a business decision doesn't mean that it has a right to rob you. I know there's natural consequences, but God loves to overwhelm natural consequences. He loves to pay for things that we got in debt over. <laughs> it's actually, it's the whole idea of Jesus. It's a divine exchange. He gets to take my debt. He gets to fulfill my debt. And I get to take on his righteousness and live in his abundance. It's quite remarkable. It's scandalous. It's actually so good. It's scandalous. And so number two, you know, is just this idea of walking in, in the reality of him being present. And so God wants to do something for you that you could never do for yourself. He wants to be provider, number one. And number two, he's present. He's actually here. He's not far away. He's here and he wants to, to interact with you. He wants to, uh, to have relationship with you. God's greatest desire with you is connection. It's not to get, you know, become a perfect Christian. It's not to spend eternity with you. He wants to spend time with you now. 
You know, I, I had that healing of, of lymphoma, you know, that, you know, that cancer dissolved, that tumor dissolved on my neck, you know, which allowed me to believe that God was my provider. And the second experience I had was that, you know, God uh, wanted me to know that he was so close, that he was present, he was showing up. And, and I remember just kind of feeling like this, like there was something in the air there was, that I couldn't put my hands on or put my finger on. It was, but, but I knew that there was something tangible in the room that God was wanting me to know that he was so close. And I, you know, obviously Emmanuel is in this Christmas season is one of the aspects of the nature of God that we, that we learn about through the story of Jesus is that God is with us. He's among us. He, he's not distant. You know, the children of Israel had seen God as in a, a pillar of fire and a cloud, and Solomon saw God as dwelling in a temple and and in one location. And, um, you know, Moses saw God as dwelling in a bush, and Abraham, you know, saw God as just a voice that would speak. And, you know, and, and if you look over time, God was getting progressively closer, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up as Emmanuel, God with us. All of a sudden, Jesus is now among us and available, which is remarkable. <laughs> and, and you need to know that God is ever close. He's here, and he's wanting to interact. And, you know, I've been on a journey, you know, really all of my life of wanting to be aware of what God is doing and what God is saying in any given moment. And what I know is that God is here right now. You might be driving in your car, you might have slept in, you're still in your PJs, and you're listening to a podcast, you might be winding down your night, you might be on the way to finish up your shopping, you might be heading into work still, crazy work week even though it's a holiday. No matter where you're at right now, he is so close. He's among us. And so Father, right now we just increase our awareness of you being among us, of you being present, of you being here. Lord, we thank you and we acknowledge you. Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the ways that we can increase in our awareness is simply choosing to be aware and and moments where we wouldn't normally, you know, uh, acknowledge the Lord. Uh, acknowledging the Lord on our way to work, acknowledging the Lord on the, on the way to find a parking spot where there's no parking, acknowledging the Lord on our way to a family dinner that we don't want to go to, or, you know, acknowledging the Lord, you know, and the family dinner that we do want to go to because we want to see hope for our family. Acknowledging the Lord in these powerfully simple ways shifts what's what we're aware of. And so we can either be aware of the problem or we can be aware of what the Lord is doing. You know, John the Baptist had some difficulty here, and and we know that in the Gospels that John was in jail and he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him if he was really the Christ, which is totally hilarious because, you know, John was obviously Jesus's cousin and uh, and he prophesied at the Jordan that he was Messiah. And I mean, if anyone knew that Jesus was Messiah, it was John the Baptist. And so he sent his disciples over there, you know the story, and they said, you know, Jesus, are you really the Christ? John wants to know, are you who you say you are? And Jesus did a bunch of miracles, and then he said, go back and report to John everything you've seen. And a lot of us, the lesson out of this is don't be distracted by what God's not doing, but be aware of what he is doing. And celebrating what the Lord is doing and getting behind that 
is central, I think, to seeing our awareness of him increase. And whatever you celebrate is what will grow in your life. And when you celebrate that God is present, you'll become more aware that he is. And so I encourage you to do that last thing is that God is always speaking. And, you know, I found out at the age of 10, this is number three, I found at age number 10 uh, that God was, not only was he present, but he was talking to me and he was always talking to me and that he wanted me to listen. And then there were moments when he wanted me to respond and respond in love or respond in words, respond in action. And you have that invitation today to realize that God is speaking to you right now. You know, I've met a lot of people who are just looking for the Lord to, you know, manifest in some you know, crazy way. Trumpets will sound. <laughs> he shows up and then he can speak with this big, booming, deep voice. And, you know, the thing that God's voice sounds like your voice. You know, you have an inner voice and God uses that inner voice that sounds a lot like you to speak to you. And when you begin to give yourself permission to engage that and uh, trust the new heart, the new mind, and the new spirit that's found in the new covenant, you're going to see that God's speaking way more than you realize that he is. And we've had a fear about this, though. You know, the church has been scared to empower people to believe they can hear God's voice. And, well, frankly, because the church likes to control things. <laughs> Leaders like to be in control. And, uh, but you can hear the voice of God. I believe you can hear the voice of God. And I believe God trusts you more than you trust you. And I believe you've been empowered to interact with the Lord at this level. Knowing the Word of God allows you to create a vetting mechanism to rightfully discern what God is doing and what He's saying. And you were invited to discern these things. You've been invited to understand these things. And so there is a set of values that create boundaries. There's a set of values that allow you to interpret and, um, you know, and, and I think that's central to gain. But the truth is, is that you you were made to hear God's voice. And when we begin to interact with the Lord in this way, it dignifies our relationship. Could you imagine having, you know, children and never speaking to them? Um, would this dignify the relationship? No, it would not. Could you imagine being married and never having any interactions, um, but just simply getting married and believing there's going to be connection? God wants connection with us. And so he is provider, number one. Number two, he's ever close. And number three, he's always speaking. This is a powerful revelation. This is the foundation, I believe, of all of us beginning to live out a kingdom reality. And, you know, Jesus came preaching the message of the kingdom. And behind the message of the kingdom is a set of values or a new way of living. And this looks like honor. It looks like victory. It looks like hope and joy. It looks like revelation. It looks like salvation. It looks like generosity. It looks like his goodness. It looks like, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's a set of values that demand we live differently. And, and it's not about performance. It's about, hey, there's a, there's a better way to live. It's available. And, and it's, you know, Jesus said, take on my yoke because it's easy and it's light. And so I just encourage you right now, just begin to open yourself up to allow God, number one, God, I want you to provide for me. And I invite you into my simple circumstances. You know, things that I don't believe are important to God are important to God. 
And so your response here can be this. Number one, invite God to provide for you in the simple things and watch what he'll do. Um, I was in a coffee shop one time and I just started to pay it forward and uh, bought someone's coffee and they were going to buy the next person's coffee and I was feeling great about it. I get out to my car and there are two $100 bills stuck in the jam of my car. And I have no clue where this came from. And it was just a beautiful testimony of generosity being in motion. And I believe I sowed into that moment. Um, you can't outgive God. And yet we're always inviting. Melissa and I in that time frame were just exploring, you know, generosity in the kingdom and what God's desire for generosity looks like and what he wants to do. And and so we were just sowing and just watching God provide for us in, in unique and powerful ways. And so I just encourage you, number one, invite God to provide for you in the simplest of ways. And then number two, be aware of him. He is ever close and wants to interact. And as you increase your awareness of what he is doing, rather than being distracted by what he's not doing, your faith will grow and you'll begin to see more of what actually he is doing because way more is happening than sometimes we understand. And number three, God's voice is always present. He's always speaking. He's always got something to say. And as we allow ourselves permission to listen, uh, there's a dignified experience behind that that allows us to um, interact with him in a, in, a, in a powerful way that'll increase our confidence. So I hope this is encouraging for you. You know, I believe this is essential kingdom foundation living. And I'd like to make something available for you right now. It's called the Kingdom Bootcamp Bundle. And if you'd like to grow in these three areas of knowing who you are, understanding how to foster connection, and hearing God's voice, I'd love to equip you. I've got a new series out uh, the church has put together. It's called the Kingdom Bootcamp Bundle, and it's amazing. You can go to generation1.org. Just look on our resources page. We've got 12 sessions of uh, tremendous training and equipping. We've got devotionals. We have... Um, declarations, powerful declarations to start your day. Get that upgrade. Overcome the orphan spirit. Know God is present. Begin to hear his voice. Learn how to give prophetic words. I think these are this is the foundation of kingdom living, and we'd love to equip you in it so you can check that out. It's a great uh, thing to start your year with as you grow in the kingdom. So let's shed some of those pounds of shame. Let's shed some of those pounds of, you know, uh, condemnation and isolation and the lie of the enemy that we're separated. Let's go after this thing together. And uh, we, uh, we just believe in you so much. Thanks for listening today. You can go to generation1.org uh, for more information. We have a tremendous service next week, this Saturday. We are going after finishing well. You know, one of the ways we start new things is by making sure we wrap up old things. And so how you end one thing will determine how you start the next. I have tremendous keys to starting 2020 and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So if you're local here to Troy, Michigan, join us for that service. And if not, catch the podcast. You're really going to be encouraged. I am so excited about January. We have some huge things coming up in January. We'll be telling you about uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh, but we do have a tremendous series uh, coming up in January that I'm just so stoked about. That's going to be coming out the end of this week. So God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. And I, I declare that comfort will be over you as you know who he wants to be for you 
that you know he's present and you know that he's always speaking. He's a good father. I declare an increase of comfort and joy over you in this holiday season. God bless you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.